Okay, saves 2K. 1-0. The Back Chat Podcast, EU banter for pros by pros. All right, all right, everybody, welcome once again to this episode of the Back Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Pyrotitan Showing, and today I'm inside Misfits House. I'm joined by none other than the mid laner, Power of Evil, and the top laner, Alfari. How are you doing, gentlemen? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks. Same. I'm doing quite good as well. Well, I'm glad that we got to do this at a later time because it's been kind of a tradition up until this point uh, for us to wake teams up whenever we arrive at the gaming house, but apparently it's not the case this time. I noticed you were watching yourself some Netflix and Barney was playing a little bit of games, so you guys are already up and about. It's good. Well, yeah, I was, I was, I was actually drinking a coffee today to wake up a little bit better for this podcast, so that was really necessary for me. You did that just for us? Yeah, actually, on, actually only for you because... Normally I don't drink coffee. It's actually like only for like when I actually need to wake up and need to be awake. Yeah. Well, actually I had to wake up earlier as well because uh, usually I'll wake up like two hours later than this, but the manager woke me up just for this. Oh, okay. So I, I feel very special. Uh, hopefully <laughs> you guys don't have to take too much time out of your day because you've got Rocket coming up tomorrow. You've got a, a game and it, you know, maybe some weeks back it wouldn't have seemed like it was a really, really big game, but Rocket had been on a tear. Are you worried about these guys at all? Um, I'm actually not sure. I think it's going like obviously we shouldn't underestimate Rockers, and I think you should never like go into a game and think you should like you just too old them. You should always like respect your opponents and uh, like obviously try as hard as you can, especially like against the bottom tier teams because we kind of want to get these these wins in these games, uh, not only for confidence but actually like for like the game difference as well and for getting a good playoff spot. So I think these games are important as well. I think playoffs supposed to like nearly guaranteed. I don't think it will like change that much for Group A, but yeah, I think winning versus them would be good for confidence. Like I think they're pretty beatable. They have looked a little bit better because at the start of the split, they looked terrific, obviously. But going like zero seven or something like this, which was uh, pretty unlucky. And obviously the origin for this Rocket Clan Fiesta was amazing, but they've uh, improved since then. So yeah, they look a little bit better, but I'm not worried either, even though they have UK jungler. Yeah, and Max Lord's uh, definitely. One of the few, the proud. Lot. Not that many UK players, actually, Alfari, in, in the ULCS scene. Why do you think that is? Quality over quantity. Hmm. It's, it's, so, you, so you want to say that Koreans are really bad? What? Because we have most, mostly Koreans, actually, in the European scene. Ten Koreans, I think, right now. How, what? How, how many we have? How is that flaming Koreans? So you just said, you, because so many less UK people are in the scene, it's like quality over yeah, quantity. Yeah, UK players are quality because there are just not many of them. So oh, me and What is it about Koreans then? I mean, they're all quality and there's loads of quantity as well. Oh, okay. I, 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 was, I was just making, making sure. Apart from Cowan, you know, they all suck. <laughs> well, I'm glad we settled that. <laughs> but okay. And then Koreans yeah. are, are definitely in high demand in a lot of really? leagues and, and you guys have a couple as well. Kakao has honestly been doing excellent in this region and he wasn't looking so good in the LSPL, but you guys seem to have like kind of taken him up to a big level, similar to what he was like, you know, a couple years ago even. Well, he's always had like good mechanics and I'm not sure, like I never really watched him in LSPL. And when we were doing Korean bootcamp, we obviously tried out a lot of junglers and we played solo queue a lot and I just saw him in solo queue, like still having insane mechanics. So he was always really good, I think. Nice. And that's where you guys decided to, to pick him up from or was it just kind of like in the plans for a while? 
not really. Like we were throwing, like we didn't really think about him at the start, to be honest. Like I just saw him in solo queue and I suggested him because uh, we were like trying other jungles as well, and he was like playing really well in solo queue with me. Oh, very cool. Well, jungle top synergy is pretty important. I've talked to a lot of guys about that. But how about jungle mid though? Power. Um, you know, how has it been playing with Kakao versus some of the other junglers you've had in your tenure in the LCS? Well, Kakao is like, I think, one of the smartest uh, junglers I had. He has really good pathings and has really good game knowledge in a sense, where he knows when to help the laners and when to push out, when he needs to farm and when he needs to gank. So I think he's like just really, really smart compared to other junglers. Like, I played with so many junglers already that I can like compare them a lot. And I ha already had like junglers who would always come and just fuck their own pathing and just like kind of screw themselves over just to help the laners, which is sometimes good, but sometimes really, really bad for the team. So um, I think it just really, really depends from game to game. And I think Kakao is doing a really good job to the point where he was playing in China because this question came up. I actually watched a few games of him, but I think these Chinese games were like always like so many kills, so many deaths, I was like fighting all the time. So like, I feel like you don't really learn a lot from watching it. So I kind of like stopped watching it in a sense. It was actually really funny since he didn't have a really good uh, like split or like season in LSPL, and I didn't have a really good one on Origin. So I think after our first like series and games, I was watching Reddit actually, and there was like a comment with like Kakao and Prof Evil are reborn together in Misfits, and I think that was really funny, really funny quote. This is actually a lot like really true. Yeah, you guys got a, a decent bit of press. I remember started the split, everyone was talking not just Kakao up and how he was performing, but overall you seem to have found you know some footing. Origin may have been a you know, rougher time, but it seems like you were kind of unlocked on the Misfits. It's nice. Even though you still get to play a lot of your signature picks, the Orion has been a pretty big one. I, I, there's a bunch of these posters in the background that you guys have, and some of them are some signature champions. Oriana, there's the Jin, of course. But I guess Jin's everybody's signature champion if you're an AD carry. Maybe not so much now. Yeah, pretty much. Signature <laughs> champion of AD carries. It's been OP for the past year. Yeah, well, hopefully that changes a, a little bit. Uh, we're on 7.5. There's some change that we've had a week. In Europe, a lot of the other regions are starting to get access to it. What what do you guys think will change that we haven't yet seen? I think this is like the biggest pack so far of this season. I think uh, Eddie Carry meta will change a lot, but I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember what other changes happened to be honest. Since well, we've had we've had uh, the the tank top meta, and then there was some more carry tops. So maybe there's been a little bit of shuffle. But it seems like you've played pretty much everything, regardless. Though Alfari, like you're kind of dominating your lane in a lot of ways. You just need to play whatever is meta at the time, right? So I don't think it's like an achievement to be able to play lots of champions throughout the split because you just need to keep playing whatever comes meta. Unlike Power of Evil, just playing Krogmo mid all the time. <laughs> well, he has the one game, at least from this split. Smite Doriana. Yeah, oh, well, those, well, those were the days. Yeah, that was actually the Spite meter mid lane was actually the best meter. <laughs> it was so much fun because you could not only actually farm your own lane, but you could always tell your jungler, I want this camp. And the joiner should just back off. So, but I think the favorite, actually, my favorite, or like one of the most favorite meters was when Ziggs was mid lane and the Baron buff wasn't like buffing up the minions yet. So you could, like, if you were, were playing Ziggs mid lane, you could stall the game for like one hour or two hours. So even if you're 20,000 gold behind, if you're the mid laner, you could like stall out the game for your team, like literally 1v5. And <laughs> I think 90% of the people or 99% of the people hated that meter, but. It was like so good to climb Elo and to uh, like stall out LCS games to so your yeah, bot lane or top lane can come back into the game. So you like those long games. You you were enjoying the uh, the Origin Rocket uh, as as Alfari called a clown fiesta the other week. Yeah, yeah. Like even when I was in Origin, we always had like these 50, 60 minute games. 
Oh god, we the one versus Fnatic. Yeah, we could, oh. we could never close all the games. I don't know. I think it's like the origin curse. Bayern saw the Zuzi rods. I still have yeah. flashbacks. I was like, I think even Primetime League did this like Lord of Rings, Lord of the Long Games <laughs> meme. It was like actually really fun. And yeah, our series against Fnatic. I think even against G2, we had like this. Sven broke the record. I think first it was like Reckless breaking the record against us, the CS record. And then afterwards, like one one week later, it was G2 with Niels on Sivir, or Sven on Sivir. They like exactly the same kind of game. Yeah, we, we've definitely seen some records set in the last, last year or two. And uh, well, some of them are good, some of them are not so much. But I want to circle back a little bit and talk about Kakao again, because you guys mentioned that he's a really, really smart jungler and you particularly power like playing with him. How about how he communicates with the team? I noticed uh, he's in, you know, just in the other room over there. It looks like he's working on English studies. How is the communication in the team coming along with your Koreans? Kakao's communication has gotten a lot better. He's not, I mean, he doesn't talk as much as other jung- like some other junglers, but he says all the necessary information that he needs to say and more. I think every position has kind of like a, a responsibility to communicate to some extent. And they need like a job to fill. And the jungler has to kind of say where, the enemy jungler is probably going to be or where we started and stuff like this and like where he can go and Kakao does all of this and also says like where he wants to go and what he wants to do and talks about dragons and bounds and first blood towers and stuff like this so he's really good at communicating considering he's new to the language and Ignaz obviously really good as well like he's actually really good English better than uh, yeah some like Europeans in English even yeah no, I think that's that's fair to say. I uh, had a couple of interviews with him and with Hans as well. And uh, Hans, even though he's he's a Shire guy, it seems like he kind of comes out of his shell a little bit when he's in his comfort zone. It seems like you guys all drive together really well as a team. Oh, yeah, I can I can only add that uh, Kakao, as Bani already said, uh, improved his English a lot. I think when I first met him, his English was like a little bit more broken English, but uh, he just improves it all the time. And obviously, as you said, he's studying it as well. So he's like improving from week to week. In terms of energy too, like he was always known as this guy that was uh, extremely jovial, the the famous OGN Kakakal. I've seen a few of those on stage as well. Does that kind of attitude like bring your guys' energy up when you're playing the game? I did. I just saw. I just saw the gif uh, where he's actually rapping. I think Kakao is rapping in the LCK. It was like really long ago, and I always annoy him with it, with like showing him the gif, and I was like, "Why are you not rapping for the ULCS?" Yeah. So yeah, is that coming yeah. soon? Yeah, I want, I want nice. to force him to rap for the U.S., yes. Uh, well, that's that's why we're studying so hard, right? So we can uh, get the, the sick rap god lyrics in. Yeah, together with Barney. <laughs> no. All right, I'm waiting for the duet. It's coming eventually. I know uh, I know Alfari's not maybe the, the most stoked on it, but okay. <laughs> All right, Alfari, I want to circle back to you and talk about your experience in the top lane of the European LCS so far because, you know, when everyone looks at the way you've performed so far, you've actually for the most part, dominated your lanes against some of these big names in Europe, some of these long-standing veterans with the likes of Soaz and Cabochard and so on. And, and this is your first split in the European LCS. Like, how, how would you think you've managed to accomplish that? Is it, is it just uh, another day in the top lane for you? I mean, you say like big names like Soaz or Cabochard and yeah, they're big names, but like they're not so good recently and right recently, I mean, like the past couple of years. So I don't think it's like, particularly impressive to be better than these players but I mean yeah shots fired yeah okay we, uh, we have a little bit of cheeky banter that's good who do you think is uh solid EU top laners aside from yourself then I think Odo Romney might be like the most well-rounded but it's difficult to say since he has a really good jungle of mid as well who like support him a bit uh Vincent she is obviously 
like really good as well, particularly on champions like Shen, which, you know, now that's like kind of fallen off meta a little bit, UOL have been kind of doing a lot as well since they play really around. This is actually like getting a lead and then playing really aggressively. So I think this is actually another one. They're both really good. Wonder as well can be quite good, but I don't, I'm not sure like how the meta has suited him in like past patches since he hasn't looked like particularly good on tanks. Whereas uh, like previously, like in summer last year, for example, his now was really good. So yeah, I think Wonder might, uh, you know, improve as uh, more carry champions are like introduced and this is actually another one. They're both good. Wonder got to play the, the Fizz actually last week. I remember they, they had that in two games. It was, you know, admittedly, uh, against Origins, so maybe they got away with more than they should have. But what do you think about some of these other more like hard carry champions that, you know, even assassins kind of coming back as top laners potentially? Fizz did get like a small buff this patch, or well, actually, I had quite a significant buff, I'll say. But I still think, uh, you know, it was versus Origin, and uh, I'm not entirely sold on the pick myself. And I think it was more so just testing the pick versus Origin, like the by far the weakest team in the league. So, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the fist pick. And other carry top laners, like Rumble, for example, is obviously insanely strong. He's probably the best carry champion at the moment. Camille as well is a really strong carry champion. So if you compare these champions to Fizz, then yeah, they're just a lot stronger. Yeah, that's fair. Is there a champion that you really wish was meta, like one that you'd really like to play on the big stage? I mean, it would be fun if Timo were meta, just, uh, <laughs> just to blind my opponents and uh, annoy oh. them during lane phase. Is that a solo queue special for you? Uh, unfortunately not, since I'll get reported, so I have to keep it to meta champions at But the you moment. should keep in mind, Teemo got buffed with the red trinket now. You can't disable the Teemo shrooms anymore, you can only oh, spot yeah. them with the red trinkets. So you can bomb all the Baron fits, or like all the Baron area. Yeah, sounds really broken actually, I'm gonna yeah. make sure to try it now. You can yeah, try it out in, in scrims. Maybe we'll see it on one of the smurfs, okay. And let's talk about something a little bit further away from the ULCS, the Challenger Series organizations. You guys have an academy team that just got a big victory. You beat uh, Schalke, you kind of you know bent the Schalke tank in half. Well, um, <laughs> first of all, like, yeah, it was like, uh, first of all, congratulations for this team. It was like a big achievement for them. And I think they were all like, they were all surprised with winning. So I think it's like even better for them since I think they all went into the game thinking they're the underdogs and they might not make it but it's it just like feels even better going in as underdog and then like kind of rewarding your opponent most of us went out celebrating with them together just like as a huge team so a team and b team went out we just enjoyed our time celebrated with them and uh, just talked about uh, yeah obviously they're, they're serious and what they thought about it and what they might need to improve on and stuff like this so it was a lot of fun and you could like kind of bound together, like the A and B team could bound together a little bit more. Also, I, I don't know, I thought it was really funny when uh, they beat Schalke because actually no one expected it, not even them. And uh, like Schalke players were just like always tweeting about how they're like smurfing in the challenge or stuff like this. And they go undefeated and then they just get three ones. <laughs> so I thought it was great. Sometimes things turn around. We, we saw it happen in uh, NA Challenger as well, but honestly, we've had kind of this history of big challenger orgs coming in and actually becoming big LCS teams. You guys were one of them as well. It's not too long ago, Misfits was a challenger team, but it does seem like sometimes you, uh, what's the word, talk shit, get hit, right? I think my Twitter feed exploded after that series. So I think a little bit is like, like how to say, justified after retreats and all the yeah backslash. But I think obviously it was really sad for them. So I hope they can just like yeah pick it up and maybe change 
the attitude for the next series. No, don't change the attitude. I like yeah. the quirkiness. It's funny, even if they lose. Yeah, banter's <laughs> pretty good. I mean, there was actually just a, a lot of talk lately about, you know, oh, is, is, is EU has too much banter and like, or is NA not have any? Like, people are always afraid of like the backlash from fans and stuff. But there's no problem now since Gilius is in NA HLN series. There's new enough. Yeah. We've, 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 this is, this is how we do imports, right? We got to get them all in there. I miss Gilius actually. He was, he, he's always a fun guy, but you can always get him on Twitter. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really funny and always, always on Twitter making the memes and the trash talk. He's dedicated. He's made like, I don't know if he like outsources it, but I've seen him make like all these like great gifts. Yeah. Like with his head photoshopped and stuff. Like he did the one with the shining from like last year. I like the one where he does like out of the movie Memento. He made like this picture. Yeah. Like, he's the general like, kill him, you know? Yeah. We've definitely got some uh, some high quality uh, meme material, not just in the ULCS, but like all over the place now. So, a lot of good uh, banter talkers. So, as a team that's you know had only recently qualified, Alfari, you have been in the LCS now for just just under a split. Uh, but what is your take on you know the quality of teams in Europe? You guys have been able to rise to the top pretty quickly. At the moment, I think there are maybe like five good teams. I think obviously G2 is the best. Actually, maybe H2K is up there as well. I actually was really surprised that they lost to all the unicorns. I don't know what happened there, but I think G2 is probably the best. And then after that, I guess H2K, S and UOL are like, I guess it's hard to distinguish like out of these three, like what the order is since we beat UOL, H2K beat us and UOL beat H2K. And then I think Splice is for sure probably like the fifth team. I think they can, you know, get a lot better. I think they already are, like, got a lot better. I think they're quite good now. And uh, I think sixth place team, like, I, I guess at the moment is Fnatic, is, uh, yeah, like a pretty significant drop to even Splice. So I think these five teams are quite strong. And then obviously Origin is uh, looking really unlucky. And then the other four teams between five to nine are not so great either, but they're not Origin level. Yeah, pretty clear divide. And it seems like we might have one or two lopsided matches in the playoffs, but then everything gets really interesting, and you guys must be looking forward to that. Well, yeah, I think we are really good to go right now, and I think what? it's always the same. I think you just need to be ready in playoffs that you can beat everyone. So, and you're no stranger to playoffs power. You've you've been in several of them over yeah. the over the couple of LCS teams you've been on. I have a lot of experience in playoffs, and I think you just need to. I think all the regular split is like I think you shouldn't underestimate it, but. Uh, I think the most important part is that, obviously, as I said before, the moment you are in playoffs, you need to beat everyone and you need to like just be as confident as you can against every team. And even if you lost against this team, like you just kind of need to get your confidence together and just try your best and win against them. Do you think the format changes have really like affected how you're going to go into the game since you've been used to playing best of threes throughout the split now? Well, I think wait, so playoffs are like all best of fives, right? If I think I so, yeah. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, so it's like I think you kind of learn more since you play all ten best of threes, you kind of get used to like playing these like best of fives or best of threes. Like before it was obviously only one game, so and then there was like this one weird season where you have like these two games. Uh yeah, we, with we, draws, uh, we with had draws. we had ties. We had ties yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. Um from my experience, I think best of threes are the best because Best of ones are a lot of fun because you can just like, against a good team, you just cheese them to death. You just, I don't know, you just pick something random and they're like really surprised what the fuck you said and you can get a winner from them. You so can take really, the guy out of unicorns, but you yeah, never take the unicorns it's, it's out of It's really him. helpful for like teams that are probably like worse than the good teams. So best of ones are really good again for like the worst teams. And best of twos, I liked it with the tires. Mm, I didn't enjoy it that, that much because it felt always so bad that 
you win the first game and then you lose the second game, it doesn't feel like you're winning. And drawing is not, not a win, not a lose, so unsatisfying. But no, with best of threes, um, I think I'm really happy about it. I think you can uh, like you can change your um, plans in the best of three. You can change like the bands, picks, bands, drafts, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even like in-game strategies. You can adapt a lot and I think it just helps in general to get an idea how to like move forward into playoffs. All right. Well, how about the format in terms of the groups? Has that been like a, a positive or a negative thing, you think? It was the first time we had these groups. I think the groups were kind of, I think, equal, if I'm not wrong, Barney, or would you say group A is stronger than group B or the other way around? I mean, I'll probably say group B is a bit stronger because I don't think Fnatic are as good as Splice, but aside from that, then yeah, I think the teams are, or the groups are quite equal. It's just Fnatic not being particularly good. Yeah, so it's like, I think the groups are quite similar. I, I think that's really good that they were like, I, I could imagine when I saw this format that maybe like one group is really, really strong, the other group is like really, really bad. But it actually worked out a lot. Uh, playing your group trias and enemy group ones, not sure about that. I think it's fine. I think it's maybe like a little bit difficult now since you don't have maybe the best idea. Let's say you play like the opposite group and you get O2'd by H2K as example. It might be like hard to um, get a lot of like stage experience against them. Mm. Hard so, to judge. Yeah, it's hard to judge, I think. So I think it's going to, um, it's just like really new experience. And I think we need to like just look out in the future how, how we like it, I guess. Well, I'll see what changes if things keep going that way. I mean, you had so many different, so many different splits in the LCS with so many different formats. It seems like it's been probably quite turbulent. Is this your favorite type of format? Um, yes, I think this and best of ones. Best ones were pretty exciting. Yeah, they're like always like, I think they were more fun in a sense, more because there was like more teams trying out stuff, I would say, because it's just like one game and you can just try, you know? And I actually felt like in best of threes, it's less likely that you like try out something than in best of ones, because best of ones, it's like, you can just try and like screw them off guard. And in best of threes, you do it once. And then afterwards, you maybe like, you still need to win one more game and that's a good point, too. A lot of times when I talk to the players, they say uh, that they're not preparing for specific opponents as much. And I'm wondering if that's like a shift because of best of three or if it's more relating to just teams don't want to prepare for one individual opponent when they can just prepare to get strong in general. I don't really know like how would you prepare specifically for a particular opponent as opposed to just trying to get better with the game. Like say we were playing against G2, how to prepare in particular to play against them because they just play really well. So we need to like get to that level or higher. I mean, and they obviously play like really good Magic Champions, so picking random stuff like uh, uh, Galio mid, like something like this would not work for system. Whereas it might work against someone like Origin because of uh, them just being bad. So I don't know. I think uh, it's just better uh, to just generally practice uh, to improve yourself rather than to beat the opponents, particularly in the regular season. I agree that it's like probably better to like obviously improve generally, but I would say that you can actually uh, prepare for a team since, like, let's say, I think a good example is like, well, since, you know, like, they play all the time Shen and Ivan and they like to play these, like, supportive or, or like, these, like, team fight combinations. So you can, like, kind of, like, just already plan ahead, plan ahead the old, old week before that you want to, like, ban these champions and always play 1v1. And you can, like, I think that, that's, like, one of the ways you can actually, like, like, prepare for the this team. Ah, okay. UOL is a good example, though, because they had, like, a really. Yeah. Uh, unique way of playing in the EU on CS at least. 
Yeah. So the teams that are playing a little bit more standard, it's a lot harder to prepare for them because it's just a matter of being cleaner cut than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Is there, do you think the coaches try to identify particular points that a team is good or weak at? And when you guys work with Hussein, does he say, oh, you know, these guys are really good at this, so watch out for this? Like, do you actually get that kind of advice from him or does he say the same thing? Just try to generally get better. I think he does say stuff like this, like um, versus uh, HK, for example. We know that uh, Jankos is like this really aggressive early game jungler. So if we just uh, respect him and let Kakao farm, then he will get like some camps over him. Like after maybe like six minutes, Kakao will be stronger 1v1. So. Well, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. <laughs> well, didn't safe enough. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few. So, uh, been to a couple gaming houses by now. This is uh, number five for me and counting. And I noticed you guys have a really interesting setup where your living room, where we're at, is only separated from the gaming room and the practice room by kind of this weird sliding, not sliding door thing. Do you guys leave that open most of the time? Uh, no, I think it's actually most of the time closed since we kind of use this room only for what uh, reviews, uh, eating at the team together, uh, like lunch and dinner. And obviously in the night, uh, sometimes people are watching here like Netflix. Yeah, they're always like Netflix and chill together. Yeah, I suppose we, we're still hearing a little bit of noise though. I saw Kakao was, uh, was talking with, uh, looked like uh, English coach for a little while and then Ignar kind of came in and opened the door, closed the door. Uh, hopefully we're not you know, confusing the hell out of everybody around here as to what we're doing. I think the Koreans are permanently confused, so it's okay. <laughs> oh boy. What about Hans though? Like, I know some of his art's actually been hanging around uh, that Feature just came out on him uh, about a week ago about uh, some of his motivation and his, uh, you know, his drive to kind of create a lot of this this really cool art. Actually, is that something you guys like to watch him doing, or you just see what he produces? Well, I think he can. I don't know. He can draw really good, so I think he's really talented in a, in a way. But I think lately he doesn't draw that much. So lately, uh, like I think he got this Misfits bottom this huge tablet. He drawed a few times on it, but not that much. So I think lately. She doesn't draw that much, or he draws in his room. I can't tell. Maybe it's like secretly drawing in his room. Yeah, he's been so. slacking. Too much Lego Legends. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys all have your your own kind of hobbies when you aren't practicing on the game, working on things like that? Well, I think it's hard to have like a lot of hobbies besides League in the gaming house since, like, before I was playing at CS, I could like I had like soccer and tennis and jujitsu, but I had, like a lot of hobbies, but, like a lot of like sports things. But if you're in the gaming house play from like 1 or like 14 to like 23, 22. It's like really hard to actually like do something outside. That's a busy schedule. Yeah, so it's like really hard to kind of like do something at the day at the daytime. So I guess your hobbies are mostly like watching series, playing another game, going out together as a team, stuff like this, I guess it's, it's mostly. And sometimes you even keep it to, together with, you know, your own org. I, you'd mentioned going out with Misfits Academy once they had beaten Schalke. Uh, do you interact a lot with you know, some of the other LCS teams? Do you hang out with them after games? In every team, I think there's like some players you like, some players you dislike. It's like always like this. So uh, yeah, I sometimes go out with, like, with other LCS players, hang out with them, talk about their games. I think it's a lot of fun to uh, kind of get to know some of the other LCS players and to get to know their like stories. 
Yeah, there's only so many of you guys, right? You got to be able to interact when you need to. Alfari, have you uh, gotten to know a lot of LCS players since you've been, uh, well, in the league? I haven't, like, gone to know anyone I didn't already know. Like, I'm already friends with some of them, but uh, the ones that I'm not with, which is, like, majority, then I've, like, not really. But you got to know the best one, which is me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... Uh, the, the eye roll, which is unfortunately not going to be captured because we're only on audio, but... Uh, that was pretty priceless. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys watch a lot of movies as a team, actually? Like, you have a big TV. I don't think we watch many movies. I think the only movie that we've watched is Borat. And, <laughs> yeah, like, most of the time, uh, Kakao and Igna, they're just watching anime instead of, like, movies or stuff like this instead. So I think so far, we've only watched Borat. Okay. Yeah, I think most of them just watch anime, so it's like... We always kind of split it. Sometimes people just watch animes here together, like three, four people, and sometimes we just watch movies here. Oh, we went to the cinema with uh, most of the team to see the new John Wick film and also what's the other film? Logan. Logan. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. New, yeah. New X-Men film as well. Yeah, that one had a lot of feels. The John Wick one was, um, I heard a lot of good things, but I didn't actually go watch it. Is it worth? John Wick? Yeah. Uh, well, it's like John Wick 1. It's like just shooting and shooting and shooting. So it's, I, I, like, I like these kind of action movies. All right. The big important question, the really big one. Are you guys psyched to see the new Power Rangers movie? There's a new Power Rangers movie. Oh my God, you didn't what? know. I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 that's that's why Twitch is doing yeah, the big marathon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I actually, actually heard of it. And that's why people are always like, come on to the Power Ranger trip with me. Twitch 24-7. Okay, so now that you know, are you guys excited to watch it? I think... Might be fun to watch it as a team together. I've never seen any Power Rangers. I think maybe I was too young for it. I'm not sure, but I've no, I've never seen. Yeah, I forget. I forget. Like um, I'm like in a totally different generation because when I was young, Power Rangers was like actually fairly new. So for some of you guys, you might have actually missed it because it came after. It. I, I watched. I watched only a few as well. Like I didn't watch a lot, but I watched some. So I have like a general idea of it, I guess. What was the big show growing up then for you guys? SpongeBob. Okay. Yeah. All right, I, can see I, I, guess, I guess, yeah. I guess SpongeBob and I guess movies. What was the movies? What do you mean, what was the movies? That you grew up with? I don't know. Okay, so this how guy. Can I, how can I remember? <laughs> I guess they must have not been that good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Just Disney films in no particular order. I think for me it was Harry Potter, I think. They come all, like, all the time with my age, I guess. The movies uh, after the books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Did you read the books? Uh, and only the, the second one for my birthday, I got a gift. I got gifted the second book, so I read it, yeah. Mine are like super dusty because I haven't opened them in ages, but they're back in, they're back in like California. You read them all? Yeah, I like oh. a million times. Well, I, I grew up at the same time as the books were coming out, except like the last one took so long to come out that I was older than Harry by the time it came out. But the titles were all like Americanized too. Because remember the first one was like the, the Philosopher's Stone? They changed it to the Sorcerer's Stone in the U.S. because they were like, nah, Americans are too dumb. They don't know what a Philosopher's Stone is. <laughs> All right, so I don't want to take too much of your guys' time, but uh, before you go, you want to, any shout-outs, anything else you want to say before we head off? Finally, can you please keep going? <laughs> keep going? I didn't start. Uh, but you can start now. Start what? Hello? Well, we're going full circle at this point. All right, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Okay, we're going to head off. So until next time, this is the Back Chat Podcast. Goodbye from me. Thanks for having me. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you told yourself. Right.